welcome to our first official off-season podcast of the Pot Street Bullies. Yes, that was a beer cracking open because, let's be honest, it's kind of celebratory at this point. Uh, what do you think, John? Well, yeah, because we haven't been drinking beer in any other recording of this podcast, which just started now. Never. We um, <laughs> actually, this is, uh, I put this on record, this is my first ever beer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that I've ever consumed, and man, I've been missing out. <laughs> um, but you know me, I'm Derek, my co-host John here. I'm We're here John, to talk man. about, he is John, and we are here to discuss some off-season topics today. Um, first, we're going to quickly touch, and I say quickly because I really don't want to keep reliving it, um, the, the last three games of the season here that happened this week. Um, a loss to Dallas, a loss to St. Louis, a loss to Carolina. And our pride is gone. <laughs> yeah, gross. It was just gross. Yeah. I found it interesting, and I kind of liked it that they played each of the three goalies. Um, but it didn't really work out in any of their favors. Yeah, well, I mean, I I kind of mentioned in the last podcast that I felt like once they were mathematically done, this team was just going to completely fall apart. And that's kind of what we saw, right? <laughs> yep. Uh, I mean, you see it in the the scores itself. Six to two against Dallas, they lost. They lost to St. Louis seven to three. Which, good lord, the opening ten minutes of that game was just. Um, I've seen you know Pee Wee hockey play a more structured game than that. Um, I haven't because I don't really watch Pee Wee hockey, but whatever. <laughs> uh, and then Carolina was like their most structurally sound game that they played this week, and they still lost four to three. Um, so I guess that's really it for game recaps. Do you want to delve into anything particular with that? Not really. I'm kind of glad they lost because with the lottery coming up, I mean, right now I think they're slotted 10th. So that only helps us. I mean, once we were mathematically eliminated, I truly could have cared less if this team won. So You're right. I'm, I'm and, I'm not, and I'm not one for like the whole, you know, oh, let's just tank it and see what kind of pick we can get. But, you know, it, it kind of worked out that way. Right. I mean, you can't. I wouldn't go as far as saying we were tanking because I mean it was for yeah. the last what four or five games. But they yeah. just they were playing like their heads were somewhere else. Oh yeah, and it kind of sucks because you say like the last couple games after you're eliminated, you want to play for pride. Every team does, but I mean, wow, you know, a real proud team it seems. You know. Well, I think, too, that they were starting to play for pride when they were at the bottom of the league, too. I mean, at that point, they really weren't playing thinking they were coming back. I don't care what anybody says. They were playing to show, hey, you know what? We're still going to go out there and fight. So I think their play for pride song happened earlier on in the season. You're right. And it still won't be enough to convince them to let or keep Gordon, which, hey, oh, well. Um, but, I mean, I guess we should get into that, too. Uh Sorry, Quenville fans. Looks like he's uh, heading somewhere else that isn't Philadelphia. Yeah, uh, Elliot Friedman reported on Twitter that, I mean, it's it's not a done deal, but it might as well be. I guess they've been talking for a while. So, Quenville's heading to Florida. Womp womp. And, I mean, to be honest here, and I guess, you know, to be a little bit of an optimist as well, it was reported that Quenville was looking at the Philly job as well, mm-hmm. and nothing was set in stone, and we all know how that turned out. So, you know, obviously, we're pretty sure it'll happen, but, it, you know, don't be surprised if something crazy happens where Quenville's like, either I'm going to Philly for more money or I'm going to sit on my 
keister for six million dollars a year that Chicago is going to pay me next year. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's not done until it's done. I mean, you jump on Twitter and you would think that the world is ending. But, you know, and that's the thing that drives me crazy, right? Everybody now all of a sudden wants Fletcher's head. They're just like, oh, everything that we, you know, talked about him doing good was just a joke. This guy sucks. Okay, he missed out on one guy. And who knows, I mean, how close he was to any sort of Quenville action, right? I mean, Quenville could have just had his mind made up. You're right. I mean, and Quenville could have been playing him and seeing to drive up the price with another team. Who knows, you know, and... We may never find that out, but the fact of the matter is Quenville more than likely won't be behind the Flyers bench next year, and we'll move on. Yep. <laughs> um, final product, this Flyers team, uh, what do you make of it, man? I mean, this whole season as a whole, you look at it, they were 37, 37, and 8, 82 points, 11 out of 16 teams in the Eastern Conference, and 22nd in the league. Um, John, man. <laughs> what do you have to say? I mean, I think it was a reality check to the organization and the fan base. I mean, I think a lot of people before we started this season were just ready to make this team a playoff guarantee. We were definitely winning one round. And the reality was we didn't really do too much in the offseason. We were putting a lot of our eggs on the progression, right? Expecting Provorov to continue to progress and Patrick to take the next step. You know, when you're dealing with hypotheticals, you typically turn out to be an idiot. And it didn't go the way most people expected. This team yeah, still need, needs a lot of work to be done. You're right. And absolutely. It's, you deal in hypotheticals, you're bound to get burnt. Um, you know, we can all sit here and ask, like, well, what if they did this? What if they did that? You know, what's the point? Uh, the fact of the matter is they were bottom of the barrel. They, were, they didn't play up to expectations. And... Now we're sit we're sitting here along with probably the Flyers team or they're cleaning out their lockers I, I'm assuming yeah um, and you know we're all in the same position here <laughs> but um, I guess let's touch on the off season why not you know but no better time than now right yeah I mean we'll touch on it a little bit right now I mean Derek did a really poor job telling you what's going on in this episode. But uh, we're going to actually spend some time previewing the playoffs with our commander-in-chief, Liam Jenkins. Um, and then next episode, we're going to dive really into the off-season plan. But we should spend a little bit of time, at least just in case something happens, right, before the next time we can talk. You're right. And I apologize for such a piss-poor introduction to the episode, as John put it. Um, <laughs> but, but, you know, I just... I'll be quite honest right now. I've been dealing with a little bit of a migraine earlier today. Um, it's gotten better, and um, essential oils and all the hippie treatments, you know, it's been wonderful. I feel like a new man. <laughs> you look like a new man with that mask on your face too, man. You know what? It works. All right? That's 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 all I've got to say about that. <laughs> um, so, yeah, like John said, we'll touch a little bit on it right now just to give kind of a brief overview um, about kind of what we expect and what we want. Uh, but trust me, there's a ton more to discuss. Um, and the coverage isn't stopping. I know everybody's been on Twitter today with their sappy, oh, it's the end of the season. Thank you guys so much for following me. Like, no, you're not going to get that out of us because guess what? We're going to keep these episodes churning every week, talking about what's going on with the Flyers, what we expect of the offseason, everything Flyer-centric. You'll hear it here every week on the Pot Street Bullies. 
Can I get an amen? Amen. Yes. Okay. <laughs> now, <laughs> um, I guess, where, where do you want to start, John? I mean, there's so many things to touch on here. Well, I guess we should start with the coach, right? I mean, I think that that's the decision that's got to be made first, especially with the draft, you know, down the road. I think oh, you, for sure. you need a head coach ASAP. Dom, that's, that's the first domino that needs to fall. Mm-hmm. Uh, because so many times there could be a coach in power that is just the alluring factor for some free agents. Right. You know, you think if you've got a good coach, people are going to want to come play for that coach. Um, I guess now with the news of Quenville, uh, there's been a couple firings also today. Uh, Florida with Bob, um, what is it, Bowner, Bachner, whatever you want to call him. Yeah. Bogner, Bogner, um, Bogner. Bogner. So him, Willie Desjardins, <laughs> Bogner, <laughs> Boger, like booger. It's kind of like booger. Yeah, it's kind of uh, like something else too. But I'm not gonna go into that. <laughs> hey, but <laughs> but him, Willie Desjardins, and um, there's one more that I'm missing. The guy it at Buffalo. Was... Yes, Buffalo's Housley? head. Housley? Is that who Housley? It was? Phil Housley. Yeah. Yes, he's out of a job now currently. Are any of those three no. uh, appealing to no. you? Nope. Okay, nope. let's move on. <laughs> I mean, you so, do, right? You have the same thought? Yeah. I mean, like, if, you know, I wouldn't, honestly, and I could sound like a buffoon here, but, like, if Willie Desjardins wanted to come on as, like, an assistant, I wouldn't be upset. I kind of like him. Yeah, I was an assistant, but we're not talking yeah. about assistants. Man, we need exactly. that coach. We're frying big fish today, baby. Yeah. So I guess of the people that are potentially available, John, who are you looking at as a top candidate? Well, you know, I've been doing a lot of thinking about this because there seems to be two frame of minds, right? There seems to be like the already, I don't want to say proven, but like the name already, right? People who have already coached in the NHL as opposed to newer guys, whether they coach in the AHL or college, um, I see a lot of back and forth and there's there's certain group of people that just don't want a proven name right they want the ahl coach in toronto i can't think of his name right now do you know what it is off the top of your head mr sheldon keith i believe Keith, yeah which he he could turn out to be a great coach i just want somebody who's been there done that and that doesn't mean someone like mike yo like i feel like whenever somebody says Oh, I want a name. People go, oh, but we can't hire Mike Yo. No, I don't want <laughs> somebody who's just coached in the NHL. I want somebody who's experienced success. And I'll tell you who's on the top of my list. And I'm sure that a million people will yell at me. But Bruce Boudreau. That's, I like it. Yeah. I mean, I, I think he's out in Minnesota. And maybe Fletcher doesn't hire Boudreau because he hired him in Minnesota. And maybe, you know, that pairing didn't work out too well. But. The guy has won before. Yeah, he hasn't had great postseason success, but I'd at least like to be in the playoffs. So it's true. And I mean, you look at Boudreaux. I mean, and he hired Fletcher hired Boudreaux in Minnesota for a reason. So like the ties could still exist where Fletcher may think the opposite of what you said or, you know, who knows. Right. Um, but he shows that fire behind the bench that you and I both have discussed that we love, like the Tortorella kind of, you know, spark that would get people up and going. I'd love um, for Tortorella to get fired too. I would take him in a heartbeat. If the Caps sweep Columbus, I'm if, looking out for it. Yeah, if I'm going to start a petition. If the Caps were playing Columbus, it might be easier, but uh, that's not no, happening. Columbus has Tampa, that's right. <laughs> Don't they? I lied, yeah. didn't I? 
Yeah. Are you foreshadowing? Are you foreshadowing your predictions in round two? No, I'm not because Columbus isn't getting anywhere past the first round. Yeah. I can guarantee that. If they do, then hey, I'll rightfully so eat my crow. Yeah. Well, um, let's pump the brakes on that. We'll go. We'll go into yeah. there a little bit later. But there are just so many decent enough names out there that I'd at least kick the tires on. Right, McClellan from Edmonton. I'm oh, going to sure. completely disregard what that guy did in Edmonton because Edmonton is about as dumpster fiery as an organization gets. And that's yeah, coming it's... from a guy who follows Philadelphia sports. <laughs> it's true. I mean, I've got a buddy that's an Oilers fan and he, I've got two friends actually, which is weird. I didn't know that many people rooted for Edmonton. Um, but it's just like, every time we talk, they are like, man, Chirelli really screwed us. And I'm like, Oh really? Did he? I had no idea. Um, but it's crazy. Um, there's so, like you said, there are so many options out there and there's those proven names. And that's, I think what, uh, Fletcher's going to look after. He's going to look towards those proven names, the names that people recognize, the names that come to your mind at first when you're thinking about NHL head coaches. Um, it, Philly's a big market for hockey and he's going to treat it as so and try to bring in a big name that matches that. And it's clear that's what the organization wants. I mean, it's clear that's what the higher-ups want. They don't want Dave Haxtall 2.0. And no offense to the other guys who are unproven, who haven't gotten their chance, but that's what those people are going to be viewed viewed like. It's true. You know, I'm not saying that they can't succeed. It's just right now Philadelphia needs a coach that we know he knows what he's doing. You're right. The pieces are in place for this team. Most of the pieces are in place, I should say. Um, but bringing in, in a coach that knows what he's doing, that has done it before and proven that he can do it before would benefit this team, I think, more than another, like you said, Hackstall 2.0, where whether he's coming from the AHL or college, it's a different league. Right. Um, you know, success doesn't always translate. And case in point, obviously, with Hackstall, he had a tremendously successful career at North Dakota. Um, and look what he's done with the Flyers. Look what he did with the flyers right. um didn't do much you know a name that i haven't heard much of but i think i'd like to hear lindy ruff lindy ruff <sighs> huh because so that is he's, interesting he's an assistant coach in new york and after Vigneault was fired i thought that they hired ruff to take over um once they fired video but they didn't go that route I mean, that guy had success as a head coach. I think if somebody gave him an offer, he'd come and coach. And I don't right. think he's, he's and he's a lot better than like Mike Yo or what everybody else wants to over dramatize. Yeah. Oh yeah, and like it's people are gonna blow things out of proportion. That's just how this goes, and that's how Philadelphia is. Right. Um, Mike Yo isn't the worst option out there, but you know, I'd still steer clear of him. I, you know, he doesn't hasn't done much for me. You know. Right. But yeah, Lindy Ruffman, I mean, I'm not saying he's my first pick, but I would at least give him, you know, a, a kick, right? Kick the can, so to speak. Yeah, kick them tires, you know? Right, the tires, uh, yes, not the can. That's a different yeah. analogy. <laughs> uh, back when I was a kid, you know? <laughs> uh, <laughs> but you're right, and I think, you know, Lindy Ruff also shows that fire that you would want behind the bench. Um because too many times we've seen these coaches in Philadelphia uh, since Laviolette, you know, they just don't have that, you know, the 
I don't even know what to call it. You know, it's that just that sense of I, you could call it a sense of urgency, maybe, but that fire. You know, Laviolette was screaming and yelling, and you know, right. typical Canadian refs, things like that. You know, he's another uh, one to keep an eye out for too. If if Nashville, you know, loses in the first round or something, he's somebody else to keep an eye out for. I would mind a reunion there too. We're gonna further discuss that on an episode to be named later. Um, because I like where your head's at, John. I, I agree. Mm-hmm. Um, so then I guess uh, moving on from coaching, you've yep. got, um, the roster, I guess what the first move you make on the roster, what is it? Well, you got to sign Provorov and connect me to their respective deals. Um, and, 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 and Sanheim too. Yeah. Yes. I there always you forget go. I, I don't know How, how did you forget Sanheim? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, because see, I was playing NHL 19, and like those are the two that you have to sign right away. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, he demands a little bit less money, so you don't pay as much attention to him. But yes, Sandheim too. I mean, I don't think you're going to have to pay him as much as Provorov and Konechny, but get that taken care of. I don't need any more discussion about that. And then, I don't know. I mean, they've really got to sit down and just go, okay, what do we have here? What do we need to hold on to? What are we going to build around? Where do we need to improve? And also look at their prospect pool and go, okay, who are some guys that are completely untouchable? And who are some guys that we can use to make a deal? I'm not saying that's the right move, but the train of thought for this organization is they want to win next season. Okay, that's why they fired Hextall. They were done with this waiting around stuff. In order to do that, you need to get NHL-ready talent. Not all of these prospects are NHL-ready, so you need to create a list. Your untouchables and be reasonable with that list and the ones you wouldn't mind dealing away. And they can't be like the sixth-round picks who we all think might turn into something, but no one else even knows. And then start take you know moving from there but they have to really sit down and create a plan on what they need to fill who they're willing to get rid of how much are they willing to pay for this would they rather trade for that and that should take about two weeks (laughs) and thus ends philadelphia flyers 101 john go professor (laughs) class dismissed (laughs) no but seriously man i mean it just it drives me crazy, all the different things that I hear, and it's like, this team wants to win now. They're tired of waiting. So let's stop talking about whether they should or they shouldn't, because that's the route they're going for. That doesn't mean they're blowing things up either, but that's the route that they're going to take. So let's all just accept it and start talking about the moves that they can make to do that without destroying this franchise. It's true. For so long... You know, we were all conditioned to think that these prospects that Hextall drafted for us were just untouchable. No one could touch them. They could offer you Connor McDavid, and no, you can't have Wade Allison for Connor McDavid. <laughs> you know, it, obviously that's you know, right. sensationalizing that, yeah. it. Yeah, uh, but you know, to your point, you're, you're absolutely right. There are prospects in this farm system that can be traded, that should be traded to upgrade the roster for next season because, like you said, Fletcher wants to win. Holmgren wants to win. I should have flipped that. Holmgren wants to win, therefore Fletcher wants to win because, obviously, it's his job on the line. Uh, So, you know, package a guy. Package a couple guys with a pick, whatever it may be. 
get a top tier guy in the league that you could potentially have. Um, they're all, it's going to happen. There's going to be teams that are hot up against the cap and they're going to be looking to unload some salary and you're going to get a decent player for it. Tampa is a, is a great, um, great case there because you've got, I mean, how close are they up against the cap right now? They're fielding five lines. So, you know, they're going to point come on over. Yes. Tampa, Toronto, uh, you name it. There's, there's a handful of options out there that the flyers could pursue. Um, so, and you know, we'll see. And that gets us into free agency and all that stuff. I don't know how far you want to go with this. Because we've no, we got a long off season. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think we'll save all the details for you know next week and the next couple weeks. I mean, free agency doesn't even start till July first. So, oh, absolutely. And I guess I I put out a piece and I won't plug it too long. Um, but like the four main components of this off season, obviously, John hit the nail on the head with number one. You got to re-sign Konechny, Provorov, and Sanheim. Um, number two, I put down. I believe it was forward it was tough between a top-notch forward and a top-notch defenseman because they're both an area of need Mm -hmm. um so you know you want to solidify the back end you want to add scoring depth because if you add a top tier scoring person or a winger you'll be able to kind of trickle down and you know create a little bit of depth on that roster um so both have its advantages and the number four for me was a backup goalie um and i wrote an entirely separate piece on that as well that was very poorly timed, uh, but you know, basically I said Elliot should be our backup, and then he laid an egg against uh, St. Louis. So, but as I, what was it? Uh, somebody said like, oh, not all the goals are his fault. Like, yeah, not all of them, but you know, it's still seven to three doesn't look too good. He's still my number one choice for backup goalie. I mean, if we're going for the two, I mean, at this point, I don't even know if we should just focus on those two. You know, I don't want anything to do with Talbot. I really don't. Maybe that's the coach's fault because they didn't play him enough. Um, but from what I've seen, no thanks. You're right. Uh, Talbot just didn't look good. Um, and apparently he's suing the Flyers for being overworked as well. Um, so we could steer clear of that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's. Yeah. Let, but let's. <laughs> let's. Let us. Um, but yeah, it's Talbot obviously should, should be the odd man out in that situation. And if Elliot gets a lesser workload and can stay healthy, I think that he's obviously the better, better choice to be the backup to Carter Hart. Uh, that's really all I've got to say about that. Right. Um, and well, so we've gotten to the point in our podcast where things aren't going as planned right now, because I'm trying to. No, wait a second. Hold on. Who is... Can you identify yourself, sir? I, I was just going to sit there in silence and play. And I wasn't sure if you're recording live or not. So I just like... Well, we are. I said identify <laughs> yourself and not explain yourself. So please, ladies and gentlemen, I, if he won't do it, I will. This <laughs> man right here with the high-pitched English accent. <laughs> it is, it's an accent. He's actually from America, believe it or not. <laughs> this man is the man behind Philadelphia Sports Network. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome our fearless leader, LJ Liam Jenkins. I really appreciate the WrestleMania type intro then as well. That was that was in good spirits. I like that. It's WrestleMania weekend. We got to do it right. Well, you better watch out because <laughs> now somebody's going to come and tackle you while you start talking. I mean, it wouldn't take a lot for me to just snap in half either anyway. So it, yeah, it wouldn't end well. 
<laughs> did you see that though with the chucklehead that did that? The guy oh, that good yeah. Boy. Oh, what a, I was waiting for Hart to, to just trap him in a sharpshooter and break his legs. Oh, that would have been nice. <laughs> but anyway. Yeah, so we'll get to that later. We'll talk a little bit about WrestleMania here. But Liam, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I'm gonna try not to follow your lead and get too soppy here, but I, I want to touch on a very important bit of news that you shared with the Twitterverse here this past week. And I won't spoil it, so I want you to tell us the big news and let's recap it and talk about it here. Uh, well, I'm going to be a dad. No, I'm joking. Uh, so, <laughs> I am um, from next week, I believe, so like the 14th of April, roughly, Philly Sports Network will be my full time job, which is a bit crazy, really, to think about. So, I'm actually able to step away from my part time commitment, which was working at an Apple store. So, just all of my free time, I'd say free time, all of my time possible will now be dedicated to Philly Sports Network. So, five years ago, I just wouldn't have assumed that would even be possible. So to be sit here, like it's my 24th birthday weekend, to have all that in the same week has been a little bit emotional. I think I'm outsopped for once. Like I've kind of got all the emotional speeches out of the way. Thank but it's God. Been just, I know, I, I, I got shouted out on my birthday because I just kept thanking everyone for being at the party. <laughs> um, but genuinely, truly informed. I know, it's, it's just the most amazing feeling. And I think, it's quite like validating in a way as well to go, it's not after five years and you guys know better than most kind of like the highs and lows that even in the last few months have been with this site with regards to kind of the site being down at times or then really amazing views wise and all the backstage stuff. There's always something going on. And I think I kind of, not in, a, in an arrogant way, but I underestimate how much I do behind the scenes because I'm always focused on just doing like Eagles content or videos or editing and stuff. And then I forget there's that whole barrage of other stuff that I just do by nature at this point. Like, it's just become part of a routine. So I think just to actually dedicate to this full time, know that now I'm being able to sustain myself, I can then begin to stay on the website and give it back to you guys and buying better equipment and fly out to Philly and then cry in person. Like, I, I can't <laughs> wait. It's just, it's been something that's been five years in the making. And if the next five years is going to be even brighter, then I can't wait. Oh, absolutely. And yeah. I'll tell you what, I, first order of business is getting you out to Philadelphia. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm coming. Don't, don't you worry about that. I'll be coming. Good. Well, maybe good. we can stop in New York on the way, and then we can, <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll drive over from there. I got a big question for you, I mean, Liam. you know, it works out cheaper to fly to New York. I don't know what it is, but Philadelphia flights are ridiculously expensive. Done. And yet New Let's York is like a bus. Done. So, Book JFK. It. Book it. Book it now. <laughs> Um, I got a question for you. Are you able to trade in your dress pants for comfy pants now, like working from home? It's a whole different attire. Are you able to? This like... is the thing, because I, I was thinking about this the other day, the amount of, I was going to kind of do a video almost ranking like the five or the biggest moments of PSN or whatever. And I remember there was a point last year uh, where Ben, Ma it was still when Ben McAdoo was head coach of the Giants. But for some reason, I got onto the conference call with Ben McAdoo, right? So it's normally Philadelphia media. They do one. It's always the Giants, never any other team. So bless them. They're not that bad, I guess. And <laughs> I was sat on a conference are. call with Ben McAdoo and I was the only person on it for about five minutes. And I asked him a question and it was about, I think, how much had changed from the Eagles between obviously what we saw in the Chip Kelly towards Doug Peterson and if he'd spoken to Doug because the two were like obviously rookie head coaches at the time. And I asked it and I looked down and I was just sat topless in my boxes on a bed <laughs> and i was like he's gonna be sat in this room suited up like maybe like a giant cap on game plan in hand and like just talking to some british kid 
who's lounging around in his Calvins. I think that might be. <laughs> oh, that that tops any story I think I'll ever be able to tell. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it happened, it's happened twice now, and um, the second one was Pat Shermer. Only it had a top on, so I, I got a bit more cordial for for old pals. <laughs> I did get Dave Paxtall really like in a t- in a tiz one time um, last year at the at the uh, I think it was Game Three of the Stanley Cup playoffs where they played the Flyers, and yeah. a bunch of people started hammering him with questions about uh, the power play or the penalty kill because it was atrocious, and the Penguins' penalty or power play was great. And I was like the third question centered around that. And I'm like, hey, so like seven stick penalties today, like that, you know, that's not going to cut it moving forward. Like, what are you going to do to address it? And he goes, well, we talked about it in the locker room and there it's addressed. What more do you want? And I'm like, oh, <laughs> oh sorry, <laughs> Dave. Touchy like subject. My, and then Touchy subject. he backtracked. He backed oh, well, nice joking about it. Dave, I guess I'll close up and go. <laughs> he, he's like, I didn't mean it like that. I'm like, no, 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 no. I heard you loud and clear, pal. I got <laughs> and I mean, I wish no ill will on Dave Haxtell. You know, he always was very polite for the most part, except when he snapped at me, that son of a bitch. But anyways. Um, Not so, about <laughs> Yeah, just a little bit. But Liam is now full-time running PSN. He was before, let's be honest. But now all of his time which we're going to take advantage of time in and time out is going towards PSN. <laughs> right. Um, and we know you're a, the Eagles writer with us. We have Eagles writers, but you are the man behind the Eagles coverage. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, I feel bad because I, I remember like the first week I always, this always stands out to me the first week where I wasn't the most viewed writer on Philly sports network. And I, I got so angry about it at first. And I was like, <laughs> Well, genuinely, because I had like a year of it just being me, and then out of nowhere, I'm like, who are these guys I'm bringing in? Why are they out? And then I kind of realized, I was like, you know what, the more everyone else does well, the better the site's going to be. And it's like, from that point on, it became about the team and not myself. And I think... And the with second Eagles part of that story is he let, he was let go, right? Immediately after. Yeah, <laughs> no, 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 he's not with us anymore. <laughs> but, but no, genuinely, I think it's just a team mentality, and I like being at the center of Eagles coverage and shaping it and with the YouTube stuff. But on on that same vein, looking at how our Flyers coverage is changing, you guys are like the biggest examples of that. This podcast is, I've been itching to get on this for a while. I'm like constantly sliding in DMs, but like, hey, so, you know, if you ever want someone to come on, I, I bloody love hockey. It's my favorite. And I'm like, <laughs> you know, trying to slide in. And But then that, and then we have the prospect interviews. And we for three years now, I've almost had a top draftee before they've been drafted, like interviewed on our site. And to see that grow and to see guys like Jamie and yourselves and Ryan and Yareev all come in, make such a big impact. And it's just taken over. Like I can't name another site that's doing what we're doing flyers-wise. And that makes me so proud. And now that I can dedicate full-time, I can look at trying to get guys to do the same for the Sixers and the Phillies. Because when I go to have those phone interviews with people, I'm not sleep-deprived and like literally passing out before I phone them. So it just gives so much more... I think promise and shape to what we're trying to do as a big term vision now that we can have just one super team. That's always what it's been. And I'm just, I'm so excited. I can't put into words. I'm a bit nervous because I'm all of a sudden, I don't have to plan around getting a train to work and then getting back from work. But I'm also just stoked because it means I can literally get away with a video a day, an article a day, then everything else, and I'll still have energy to give. So 
Big things come in with a bit of luck. And who knows, maybe I'll keep sliding in with Flyers articles as well, because that was fun. Just keeping you off guard. Just like, oh, Liam's done a Flyers piece. That's, that's new. <laughs> I did notice, like, I literally went back in all the archives and looked at, like, some of our first stories, like, as a website, oh, no. not just when I started or anybody <laughs> else. But Liam was our Flyers guy because he was the only guy. And I'm like, I'm like, damn, I'm like, these aren't that bad. So, Thanks. you know, <laughs> it was a no-brainer this week to have you on here because we want to kind of – Freshen you up on the Flyers, you know, bit here and talk to you about, I guess, well, maybe not so much Flyers, but your hockey knowledge. And we want to get some playoff predictions here for the first round with you, man. Well, I am so clued up on playoffs. You, you don't even know. <laughs> uh, I you know told, what you I told do. Derek, too. I told Derek, I was like, if we tell Liam, he's going to be sitting in his room studying matchups for like a week. <laughs> he's going to have all the <laughs> he numbers. to keep it from me. <laughs> Oh, it's so true. That's just Liam. That's his work ethic. That's what he does. I mean, it's oh, good lord. I I can't even put like a third of the work in that he does. It's just yeah. phenomenal. I, I but... feel like I see much caffeine. So I mean, on the back of PSN, obviously, the other opportunity I've got now is with a law firm. So that essentially, it's their first year as a sports agency, and they, what they first asked me to do was to create almost like a scouting report. So one of their players went to work out for the Ravens and he was like, could you put together a prep sheet or something where he just got a bit of background on the team. So I guess he just meant a one or two page flyer. And I sent him a 10 page document of players at the position, their heights, their weights, their athletic traits, where he might fit film breakdown. And he was, Oh, okay. Uh, I mean, that's amazing. (laughs) He's only going for a workout. And I was like, yeah, but now he can know that if they ask him to do this, this is why this is how he can help. So, you know, that that's, I think it's just, I kind of only know one speed, which is breaking the, the speed limit, I suppose. So, you know, you win some, you lose. Well, <laughs> well we're going to have to do this real quick, I guess, for you. Uh, but I, we <laughs> want to get your opinion here on the playoffs. We're going to go through the Eastern Conference first. We've got oh, okay. Columbus, Blue yeah. Jackets, and the Tampa Bay Lightning. Who do you have? Okay. Does Bobrovsky still play for the Blue Jackets? Yes. yes. Yeah, take Bobrovsky. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Moving on. Bobrovsky in five. <laughs> We've got the Pittsburgh Penguins. Wait a Penguins. minute. Wait a minute. Oh, he's the only one doing this? John? <laughs> I don't really care. Yeah, I, I, oh, about I thought now. we were going to, like, I, <laughs> I broke down every freaking series. How many games are it's going to go? I thought we were going to do a little bit more than that. And then Liam so comes in and goes, yeah, Liam. Bobrovsky in five. And then <laughs> Bobrovsky in five. Oh, I'm going to throw this across the room. All right. So I made the mistake of thinking Liam was the only one that did his homework here. So John did his homework. And please, John, share with the crowd. Well, no, I don't, <laughs> Who even, are you picking? I don't even know if I want to say it because I'm going to sound so serious. <laughs> I've got, <laughs> I got Tampa Bay in five, man. They'll come this five. Is yeah, in five. I'm taking them in four. And I'll tell you why. It's Tampa Bay. That's it. <laughs> well, the thing is, though, is I feel like Columbus has enough talent to at least win one game. Okay, Bobrovsky will steal one. Yeah. Bob, that's it. That's Felino. all he knows how to say. And the Felina Bobrovsky bromance is the best thing in hockey, apparently, right? No, I hate him. Really? I hate him. He's oh. not a flyer anymore. No, I'm yeah, kidding. Just... I do love Bobrovsky. <laughs> okay, so moving on here. John, we'll start with you so you don't feel left out. Pittsburgh Penguins. <laughs> And your in-laws' favorite team, the New York Islanders. Oh, thanks for picking this one for me to go in-depth. This, this is the only one I'm probably not going to watch. I hate both teams. <laughs> Can they both lose? I I mean, 
I know most of the Philly fans will probably hate this, but I'm going to go with the Penguins. I Yes, the Islanders have had a great season. They've surprised a lot of people, but I don't think it's going to translate into the playoffs. I think the Penguins have way too many proven players to let that happen. I'm going Penguins in six. All right, Liam, your guess. Yeah, what you said. <laughs> uh, I will go with... I want to take the Islanders because I guess it'd be a bit of an upset, right? Well, uh, I mean, technically they have... Seated I mean, higher. They're seated higher, but... Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. But I don't like Pittsburgh, so yeah, we'll go with the Islanders. It's fine. <laughs> I'm going with Liam on this one. I, I mean, obviously I'm picking my heart over my head, but... I want the Islanders to win because neither of those teams are winning the cup this year anyway, so whatever. Do you understand <laughs> what I'm going to have to go through if the Islanders win a freaking playoff round? Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. I was yeah, walking but think the dog. of what we'd have to go through with Pittsburgh. Sidebar, ready? I was walking the dog down the street t- this morning, and I looked in somebody's window really quick. I'm, well, that sounded really bad. I wasn't looking what in their creep. window. Wow. I was, <laughs> I was looking at like, their hey, window. Hey, what are you having for breakfast? Why? <laughs> walking by and they had an islander jersey out like up against the window what a schmuck Ugh. wow yeah. did they just run out of curtains or was that like you know i mean in any other season i think that probably would be the case but <laughs> they just most of the time they hide they're never around but now they're in the playoffs so everybody's got their islander jerseys in their windows Ugh. they're like the cicadas that come around every 17 years <laughs> <laughs> but okay so we've got those two playoff series uh wrapped up here toronto and boston liam who you got probably toronto because off of my very basic hockey knowledge they've just got some super team that can't be beaten apparently okay and, and, Austin Matthews, and he's very good and young that's, so. that's true there you go i did a thing there you go <laughs> I'm going to completely disagree with you. <laughs> um, yes, Toronto has a lot of great players. They also have a lot of flaws. I think that the style of their game doesn't really translate into the playoffs, at least historically, right? They're a high-powered offense, but typically the games seem to slow down a bit in the playoffs. They don't do that great um, defensively. So I'm actually – I don't even think this is going to be close. I'm picking the Bruins in five. Ooh. I think now, this see, is so essential when you take it in depth. I mean, this is wow. Yeah, come on, man. This is lighthearted. Relax, jeez. I'm it. <laughs> well, I mean, but this is the only time that I get to voice my opinion to somebody else besides my wife. So I took advantage of it. <laughs> I can vouch for that. I agree. That's. I mean, same goes for me too. <laughs> but I this is this is tough because they're both pretty young. Uh, Boston, I mean. <laughs> The way they've turned things around in the past couple of years has been great. So I almost have to go Boston on this one too, but I think it's going to be a seven-gamer, man. I think it's going to go up to the last game. Right. Do they, but does it yeah. even matter? Because the team who wins this has to take on the Lightning. Talk about how disheartening that is. Ugh. Yeah, poor bastards. Uh, <laughs> um, the last series in the Eastern Conference, Carolina and Washington. You've got the defending Stanley Cup champions against a bunch of jerks that play in Carolina. Thanks, Don Cherry. And, John, go. I'm going to go Caps in seven. I think that the Hurricanes are going to make this a series. I think they're a super exciting team, and they just kind of have that Cinderella feel to them. Uh, But goalie is still a real big question mark. I don't care how good that they were playing 
during the regular season. Neither of them are proven. Um, so I think at the end of the day, the reigning Stanley Cup champions are going to survive to live another day. Um, but I think it's going to be a good series. So Caps in seven. And Liam. I am going to take the Hurricanes because I recently purchased NHL 19 and traded for Sebastian Aho, and he's very good, so he's going to win it all. <laughs> <laughs> I love the rationale behind all that. Yeah, like, this is fantastic. <laughs> I don't know, we've just got two. That's a John's very in-depth statistical, and I'm like, that Sebastian guy, he's, he's young, he's good, he's on NHL 19, so yeah, we'll go with the Canes. <laughs> It's like the person at the office that's like, yeah, I won March Madness, but I only picked them because I like their colors, you know? This is it. We'll be all over air yards and completion percentages and all sorts. I mean, it's bad to the point where I still remember Sam Bradford's 20, like 15, or 2016 completion percent. No, 15, damn it. Yeah. Well, just forget it because look. Bradford's trash. <laughs> uh, so I, this one's tough for me because I love what's going on down in Carolina, but my dad is a Caps fan. Um, so, uh, man, this is such a toss up. I'm going to take Carolina in seven. I think they're going to pull the upset. Nice. I hope so. I do too. And that's, I'm picking with my heart once again, you know, oh, well, um, but moving on to the Western conference here, there's some good matchups here. We've got Colorado and Calgary. And that I think is going to be better than most people are going to give it credit. Uh, Liam. What do you have to say about this series? Well, I, I know the, the Flames won their division, right? Yep. I think they were the best team in the conference, too. Yes. And I know that they play very quickly. Like, everything's quite high speed. It's very like, offensive-based, I think. I'm kind of pushing it. I'm going to go with the Flames. I mean, if I sound idiotic, it's because I occasionally watch hockey sometimes. I think, well, going off what I know... Is it Giordano still play there? Yeah. Giordano, yeah. yeah. He's having a great yeah, year, too. Yep. Right, there we yeah. go. We're going to go with them. <laughs> and he just took out McDavid, so hey, bonus! I'm ah, kidding. yeah, I, don't wish I saw that. Was it, was it an actual break? Uh, no, I don't think it's broken, but it, it looked bad. I mean, it looked pretty bad. Ugh. Not pretty. No. So, John, your team here, who you got? Yeah, Calgary in four. I don't even think it's going to be close. I mean, but... Who cares? If you're Colorado, man, you made the playoffs this year, and then you're getting Ottawa's first pick. I mean, you oh, could I potentially know. get Jack Hughes. I mean, who Those cares? Guys. If you get swept this year, I don't even want to hear you complaining because you're fine. <laughs> I don't know any Colorado fans, but I swear to God, if they lose in the first round and I see any of them complain, I'll, I'll fly out to Colorado and smack them. Um, but, yeah, I'm taking care. I'm going to take Calgary in five. Okay. I'm going to give Calgary a little bit of credit, but I'll take them in five. Um, next series, St. Louis Blues, Winnipeg Jets. Not the first round series I wanted to see, but it's going to be good, I believe. Yeah. Liam, who you got here? I am going to go with the Jets. Pure, if there's a trend with my picks, okay, and that is that there's normally one young player doing quite well, and I know Kyle Connors had a good year. So I just like to say, I guess the issues when you get to the playoffs like is a lack of experience going to hurt them or not. But I think Kyle Connor and the Jets can get it done. Why not? I'm impressed, man. You guys do so much more homework than I ever did. <laughs> John, who you got, man? This is my upset pick. I'm picking the Blues in seven. I, has there been Ooh. a hotter team in the NHL? I just think that, I mean, they. I looked it up. 
and they are eight one and one in their last ten. They play well on the road. They're twenty one thirteen and seven. So, you know, Winnipeg is a tough place to play, but if they can steal one or two, I I think they're going to beat them. And not to mention that their expected starter is Jordan Bennington, who was twenty four five and one this year. Yeah. I'm going St. Louis too. Jeez. I and don't get me wrong, I wish that the playoffs in the Western Conference would boil down to Winnipeg and Nashville. And it's like in wrestling where everybody's like, fight forever, and they chant that. Like I that's what I want to see between Winnipeg and Nashville. But maybe not this year, because St. Louis just I feel like is hitting their stride and is gonna really take it to them. Um so St. Louis there, Dallas, Nashville, John, who you got? Dallas and Nashville. I have Nashville, but keep an eye out for Dallas, man. They're a different team than they were in the past. They don't score a lot, but they also don't allow a lot of goals. So if there's those 2-1 games, look at them to be in the Stars' favor. I have Nashville in six, but I wouldn't be shocked if Dallas upset them. Liam, I think I know your pick here, but I'm going to ask you anyway. Yeah, I'm, I'm not picking Dallas. I'm just not. I mean, I'm in <laughs> Nashville, so we kind of have to root for that train, right? Right. Oh, yeah. We're growing train, our beards that... for them, too. Yes, I, I we are. I would love to grow a beard if I could. <laughs> I can't really either. It looks pretty bad. Oh, where do you <laughs> see I mean, me my November starts in January and then ends in November, and it, it literally looks like it does now. <laughs> so i guess it's across the board here nashville everybody's taking nashville um and then the last western conference matchup we've got the vegas golden knights year number two and the san jose sharks who seem to be in it every year but never really do anything so liam we'll start with you who you got in that series See, I, this was the one matchup i actually genuinely kind of know about purely because i have a low-key hockey crush on thomas hurtle ever since he did that behind the leg goal <laughs> Like, so and it's like, year, like years ago. <laughs> so ever since then, I've been a bit besotted with him and hoped that he'd end up in Philadelphia or something. And then Evander Kane's not too bad. So I don't know. I kind of love the Cinderella aspect of the Golden Knights and having this unfinished business mentality. But then I've got Hockey Crush. So I'm going to take the Sharks um, just based on that alone. Solid rationale. I'm going to tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> all of my John- <laughs> John, who you got, man? I'm picking the Sharks, too, in seven. Um, they've had very similar years, you know, and they're, uh, the end of the season for both of them has been pretty bad. But this is probably a stupid way to base my pick, but the Sharks actually are on a two-game winning streak, and the Golden Knights are on a two-game losing streak, and I was split between the two of them, so I was just like, ah, yep, so the Sharks are going to win because they're, they're on a hot streak. <laughs> I'm going against both of you, and I'm taking Vegas. My only reason being, I want to see more pregame celebrations. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see that night go crazy and like shoot people off the mezzanine, you know, and stuff like that. that that's what I want to see. Um, so that, that's our first round picks here. Everybody's got their winners from the matchups. Now, we're going to try to touch on this quickly, but... We also want to delve a little bit into it just because we need some context to it. Liam, this is the moment we've both been waiting for. Mm-hmm. It's WrestleMania weekend. Oh, I know. It I'm is so WrestleMania. John, I just heard John get up. I mean, he probably doesn't even care. 
He just <laughs> ran around and Chung just walked off. <laughs> Him and I talked about this, and we, I was like, dude, it's WrestleMania weekend. We got to do it. And he's like, I don't really know. So, you know, you guys go ahead. I'm sure he'll pitch in if he wants to, but judging by the silence here, uh, I don't know what's <laughs> going to happen. So, anyway, so we all know the big story. You know, it, it's the, the Ronda Rousey, Becky yeah. Lynch, and then Charlotte Flair somehow finding herself in that main event as well. Liam, what are we going to expect out of this fight here tonight? I think there's a lot of pressure on it now, purely because of the way they're forced that, <clears throat> excuse me, into being the main event. I don't like the way in which it's been manipulated, that the whole Royal Rumble aspect and the way that she was almost forced back in and out and in, it felt so manufactured. And I don't like Ronda Rousey that much. Just be, I, It's something about her, she's very arrogant, which is fair enough. She's got every reason to be. I kind of hope for a, a very contrasting pick, which would be like a Charlotte Flair victory, because I feel she's just been cast aside through all of this. And I don't. I think she's extremely tall and that worries me. Just, I think she out. Well, I'm six foot three, and I think she's taller than me. But I just think there's very, very. It's kind of been pigeonholed almost between Rousey and Becky Lynch, right? But yeah. I think an underdog, you know. Although Charlotte Flair's seen as this super incredible powerhouse, and it can take her. I just think she can win because there'll be so much attention on Rousey and Becky Lynch. Well, folks, that's it for Liam Jenkins here on the podcast. <laughs> Um, he picked Charlotte Flair, not Becky Lynch, so we're booting him off. Uh, <laughs> but no, I I see where you're coming from. Um, I, I've I my wife will attest to this, and I sound like a total dork. I got a giant crush on Becky Lynch. Ooh, me too. I love that woman. Did right. I get the accent? Oh, because I can't stand it. Oh. I don't even care. Like, <laughs> don't even. Does she still do that red hair with the braids and things like that? Yes, oh, she lets it down a little more now. Yeah. Uh, so my wife always goes to me, yeah, it's because she looks just like me. She don't. <laughs> she don't. Oh, man. My wife, her name is Tasha. She loves Sasha Banks because she's like, oh, that's my girl. She's like, I love her hair. And I'm like, yeah, and your name sounds the same, too. And she's like, I know, right? I love it. So <laughs> I kind of like Sasha Banks, too. Like, I, she's pretty cool. But <laughs> so, John, do you have any any horse in this race here? Uh, Becky Lynch. Becky Lynch. So two Becky Lynches, one Charlotte Flair. Liam, you've been voted off the island. Next question. Uh, we're just going to hit really the main matches here tonight. Um, and there's really three when you think about it with the Rousey Flair Lynch matchup. And then I'll get, I, I think we're going to hit this one first. Brock Lesnar and Seth Rollins. Mm. John, do you, who do you think's going home with the gold tonight? Well, I love Seth Rollins. I don't really watch wrestling too much. I go like back and forth. I'm obsessed with it and then I can't stand it. And I'm obsessed with it and I can't stand it. Right now I can't stand it, but I'm a big Seth Rollins fan. So mm. who knows what the writers have in mind. I mean, I feel like Brock Lesnar shouldn't have this title to begin with. Um, unless, I mean, is he on the show more now or is it still nah. he's never on the show? <laughs> right. He's still a part-time guy. Yeah. So stop with that. It's stupid. Just give it to Seth Rollins. You'll have the greatest matches going forward. Yes, Seth Rollins. Liam. I'm a huge Seth Rollins guy. And I think it's that partnered with the fact where I'm still the biggest CM Punk fan. Well, I will genuinely bet money every year when the Royal Rumble, he comes back. I don't know why I do this. But <laughs> I think I, I kind of get bitter because obviously CM Punk's title reign then gets kind of jaded because Brock Lesnar holds it for longer, although he shows up three times a year. 
I, I hate that. Like the same as John, that's no way any championship in. And imagine if like the Stanley Cup, you've got an automatic entry into the finals. If you won it the last year, you have to worry about the regular season. It'd be pointless. And I feel like that's the same with this title. And if Seth Rollins can make it convincing and put on a show, which he always does, then I'm all for that. I am on board because I love CM Punk too. I've missed that guy so much. Right. His pipe bombs, man, he was great. But I really think, like, and I'm going to go with my brain here, which I haven't done much today. Um, <laughs> I think Lesnar's winning this, man. I mean, you can't have too many good guys winning or else everybody goes home happy and then every all the hardcore guys are like, it's so fake, you know, all those D-bags. But, I, you know, I think it's a program that could keep going. But, you know, I think Lesnar's taking this one home tonight. Um, yeah, and it's a bold pick, but you know what? I stand by it. It's going to be a weird one, I think. I think it's going to be one of those screwy finishes. Um, but last match I want to go over right now, this is going to be an interesting one. Daniel Bryan defending the WWE Championship against Kofi Kingston. Kofi Kingston, really? Kofi Kingston. This guy has... Oh, wait, Kofi Kingston. Oh, no. Yo, he's the part of the Bootios or whatever they're called. Yeah, New Day. (laughs) Yeah. New Day. Against Kofi Kingston, really? (laughs) Yeah, it's Kofi Kingston. You haven't... I I can tell you haven't watched this in a while. Good Lord, man. I really (laughs) haven't done my homework on this either. (laughs) I'm a dork. Like, this is the stuff that I follow. It's hockey and wrestling, and that's really it. And my wife hates me for it. But whatever, you know? Um, Kofi Kingston's really just like... You remember when Daniel Bryan got really hot and then won the championship at WrestleMania a few years back? Mm-hmm. That's the kind of lightning in a bottle that Kofi is captured right now. Um, so, Liam, we're going to go to you first. Who's taking home the belt tonight? Oh, I'm torn because my heart says Kofi because it's taken him so many years to get over. And it doesn't matter what he did. He just couldn't do it. And it was even that the big Iron Man match he almost won, like when he was there for like an hour or whatever it was and somehow lost. I, I, it's always like so close, but so far, no matter what situation it's in. And I would love for that to be like the Cinderella story at WrestleMania. But I think Daniel Bryan is such a good heel. I, I love him as a face, but as a heel, he just makes you really get riled up and want to punch him, which is what they're designed to do. <laughs> so I feel that if you're ever going to sell a heel to the WWE universe, you take someone that can take the most Cinderella looking, innocent Kofi Kingston. Every every WWE fan loves Kofi Kingston. And if you can get a screw job finish to that where Daniel Bryan wins, everyone's talking about it for months to come. Whereas I think Kofi Kingston wins, everyone's like, yeah, this is cool, retweets it, and then that's it, it's done. So yeah. I think with my heart, I'm saying Daniel Bryan purely off that basis where it would just it would be the more emotional reaction and get the more extreme side of the spectrum. And John. Yeah, my wife watches that Total Bellas or whatever it is thing, that show on E Network. Oh, you know yeah. what I'm talking about? I can't yep. stand Daniel Bryan. I mean, I, <laughs> I'm not even talking about as a wrestler, as a human being. I, that guy just bugs me. He's like, he had, there was this one episode where he w- didn't want to use the like running water bathroom. So he wanted to go like poop out in a den and he kept talking about how important it was to like poop out in the den and then use it as fertilizer. That just annoys me. So I'm going with Kofi Kingston. Uh, who hasn't pooped outside though? Like, come on. Yeah, but you don't poop outside in your backyard and then use it as fertilizer, man. I'm sorry. It's your it's own not, backyard. It's not Americans are weird. I'm standing in England. <laughs> 
Well, we just scared Liam off. He'll never want to come to Philly. <laughs> but no, I I see where you're coming from. I think that's weird too. I, I just like yeah, I don't like him. He he can't win. No. Uh, I think there's more to this story. He's in his backyard. He's not winning. Okay. <laughs> You're missing the key part, fertilizer. He's using it not to grow right. plants, man. Yeah. Like, you want to eat some tomatoes that were just grown in your own feces? No, I don't. I'll pass no. on that one. <laughs> but I think there's more to this story that can be milked by WWE. I think this is kind of like a SummerSlam payoff for Kofi. Mm. Like, where, like, they delay it, and then it's like he gets his – Daniel Bryan gets his comeuppance after really becoming that, like, just despicable heel that, you know, he'll do anything to keep the belt, and Kofi can't have it. And, you know, I – and this this might sound stupid, but they've done it in the past. I don't want this to become about, like, race because Kofi Kingston's been in this business for, I think they said, 11 years. And he's gotten hot, and then he's gotten cold again, and it's it, that's creative. That's what they do. They just they sour on a guy, and it sucks. But like this is the time to capitalize on Kofi Kingston. It's he's hot, and the dude's a, a tremendous athlete. I think it's time to put the belt on him at SummerSlam. Just not quite right now. So does it not remind you of like the Rey Mysterio WrestleMania a few years ago? When that, was it a triple threat with Angle and Orton? I think. Yes. Yeah. It was. Does it not feel like that for the heavyweight title? And it, that level, that would be, I think. But then again, how could he did that deteriorate over a year? That would be what I think the Kofi outcome would be. Yeah, I just see this as a slower burn because it kind of just happened like what a month or two ago, where everybody's like, "Kofi's the man." So like, yeah. I think WWE is going to try to milk it and get more out of it. Um, and I could be completely wrong here. I'm not an insider with anything really. So you know. <laughs> Who knows? It's it's all entertainment. It's all going to be fun. I'm going to watch it, and my wife's going to suffer through it. And, you know, tomorrow we'll wake up, and she'll still hopefully love me. Uh, <laughs> so, <Rated for> you. <laughs> so those are the main three matches. Um, and those are the main three things we wanted to get through with you, Liam. And right now, I would like you to tell us and the viewers where we can find you on social media platforms, what you're putting out there. Liam, let us know, my man. So it'll be at Liam Jenkins 21 on Twitter or occasionally taking over the Philly Sports Network Twitter and tweeting some soppy thank you to you all. So that'll be at Philadelphia SN. Uh, on YouTube, just search Philly Sports Network. It's on there. And of course, phillysportsnetwork.com where that's my work along with John's and Derek's and everyone else with us as well. So expect daily content on both YouTube and phillysportsnetwork.com of Eagles related things from my side. And on social media, it is just, I don't know, it's chaos at the minute. I don't know what I'm doing on Twitter. I feel like my brand is being built based on the fact that I'm now nicknamed LJ. I tweet a lot of memes and then go, oh, by the way, here's an amazing article. And then off we go. So if you enter any of that, there you go. At Liam Jenkins 21 will be where you can find me constantly crying and saying how amazing you all are for giving me this opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> He's right. You'll catch a couple tears. You'll catch a couple soppy speeches. But it's all fun. Uh, thank you, Liam. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for coming on here, man. Thanks for coming on, brother. Oh, it's been an honor. Well, best of luck with everything. I'd say best of luck. Like, I'm never going to see you. I'll talk to you in 20 minutes. <laughs> Genuinely, <laughs> thank you for having me on. Um, anytime you need some British input and some more hockey expertise, you oh, know yeah. where to come. <laughs> Absolutely, my man. Thank you again. We really appreciate it. No worries. Enjoy the rest of your show, guys. All right, take I care. See oh, man. That was good. Yeah, it was fun. That was good stuff. I feel really good about this episode right now. Yeah, Let's keep the kinda, ball rolling. It, it's nice to uh, like switch gears a little bit, right? You know, I mean, the off season 
it, it just started. Like, instead of rushing in and being serious, it's kind of nice to just shoot the breeze about, I mean, yeah, hockey, but other stuff too. It, it's just fun to talk about some other things and be a little lighthearted. Yeah, and not take ourselves too seriously. Because, like, you know, we hit the flyers. We talk about them all the time. But at the end of the day, it's like we're here to have some fun. We're here to interact with people. Um, and Liam running the site, I mean, you know, it's just – it's fun to have a guy like that on, especially after his big announcement this past week, which was awesome. For sure. Yeah. So is there – I guess – let's see here. You wanted to touch on Joel Farabee real quick, didn't you? I did. You I did. did. Let's yes. do that quick spiel. Let's talk about it. All right, man. You know, so Joel Farabee signed his entry-level contract, right? We all know that. We did a whole episode on it. Well, that and Get out. <laughs> but <laughs> I guess me in general, I, I'm somebody who I just I can't stand hype, right? I can't stand when people just take something and explode it into a million different things and get so just crazy about something and start sounding ridiculous. Now, Joel Farabee signed his entry-level contract. He had an incredibly successful year at Boston University. I'm pumped that he's on the Flyers in the Flyers organization. But could we pump the brakes on the whole Farabee being on the Flyers out of camp thing? Won't you tell me how to be a fan, John Gove? Uh, all right. But <laughs> honestly, dude, I mean, and maybe it's not maybe it's not the fans as opposed to like the people who cover the team. You know, just there's a few people. I just I I want everybody to just stop for a second. It's like, yes, his former coach at uh, the USNDP, NTDP, said that he thinks he's NHL ready. Okay, what, I mean, honestly, what is this guy going to say? If he's asked a question, is he really going to go, ah, oh, you know what, I think he needs a couple years. No, that's not going to happen. All right, Holmgren on a podcast talks about how he thinks that him and Frost are going to uh, get stronger over the offseason. Of course he's going to say that. It's <laughs> April. Like they're not, He's not going to just flat out say, hey, both these guys are going to be in Lehigh Valley uh, to start the year. What, what does that do? If Farabee proves himself and makes the NHL team out of camp, awesome. I'm obviously not going to be mad about that. But I do think that the best plan of action for him as of right now, because it's April, is let him spend some time in Lehigh Valley. Have him work up the ranks. Make him a top six forward in Lehigh Valley. If we're going to have an active offseason in Philadelphia and we're going to make these moves to make our team better, what are we going to do, stick him on the fourth line? No, thank you. I don't want him on the fourth line. I don't want him having eight minutes a game. That's stupid. If you have the, the talent in the NHL, allow him time to grow in Lehigh Valley. You know, I agree. It, ugh, it just, for some reason recently, it's just been really bugging me. Uh, you know, if, if he proves me wrong, fantastic. But we need to see what he looks like in camp and preseason before we go and say the guy's NHL ready. Yeah. And it's, is it the end of the world that he starts the season out in Lehigh Valley? No, it's not. You know, no. I, I 100% agree. People, uh, yes, like Farabee's this great prospect. You want to call him like an uber prospect, whatever, you know, it, it's exciting, obviously. But he's but, also not Austin Matthews or Jack Eichel. Like people, I think some people are going a little nuts. 
Exactly. You're you're exactly right. This isn't, you know, your your number one overall pick coming out and saying, hey, I'm gonna play in the NHL next year. This is a guy who, yes, was drafted what well, it was uh eleventh overall or thirteenth. Oh yeah, thirteenth or fourteenth, right? Thirteenth, yeah. It was, he, he was drafted in the first round, middle of the first round. Right. And, like, is he going to make an immediate impact? Probably not. But that, that happens. You know, not all first-round picks make an immediate impact. Rubsoft still hasn't seen the NHL yet. He, he's bound to eventually, I'm sure, and I'm hoping. But Farabee is projected to be better than Rubsoft, and I don't think that Farabee is going to make an immediate impact at the NHL. I would rather Obviously, see, I would rather see an, a prospect experience success at every level and take a little bit more time. Like I would rather see him be a, you know, a top line forward in Lehigh Valley and have all those responsibilities before you just throw him into the NHL. That way he knows how to handle it. Yeah. I mean, and again, if we're going to make all the moves that we're going to make, there's no reason to stick him on the fourth line. That would be stupid. You're wasting his potential. You're wasting his skill set. I agree. I really have nothing else to add to that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just one of those things, man, where – and I wrote a, a piece about it. I wasn't as, you know, about it on in the piece, but it's just one of those things I had to say because slow down, everybody. Slow down. Yeah. Let's, let's take a look at what this team looks like come training camp before we go and make him an NHL-ready prospect. Yeah, and there's still some time for him to marinate. Let's just pump the brakes, to quote John, the John Gove here. Um, now it's our favorite part of the show, oh, yeah, which real. is slowly becoming my least favorite part of the show because none of you are submitting questions. We got one question this week, man. One. One, one question. Chuck B. Right, I'll stop. <laughs> my Sorry, my ears are hurting. Jeez. <laughs> Anyways, no, and, you know, I lie. Like, this is a fun time. I like answering questions. John does, too. We have a good time with it, and it's one of those things where we get to interact with you guys when you're listening. Um, but this, our only, the sole question that we have for this segment comes from Mr. Chuck B, and he asks, how far from a cup are we? I've got a cup sitting right next to me that's full of beer. Yeah. Um, I got a can. Is that the is that that yeah. Is that the kind of cup we're talking about here? <laughs> I'm going to go with probably not. <laughs> but no, um, obviously Chuck B is referencing the Stanley Cup. Um, and it's tough because I've seen a lot of people say that we're too far away. I've seen a lot of people say that we aren't as far away as others think. I don't know what everybody thinks, but I think that we're closer than some people want to give it credit for. Uh, what do you think, John? I think it's really up in the air, and it all depends on this offseason. Um, if we have a Hextall-like offseason, whether it be because of what Fletcher can do or the fact that nobody wants to come here, we might be further away. Um, I'm the prospect guy, and I'm not going to go ahead and project that you know these all these prospects are going to come in and save the day because, again, you've heard it before. It's stupid. Um but it all depends on what we're going to do over the offseason. If we're going to make the necessary moves to move the needle, I have no problem saying maybe we're one, two years away. But it really all depends. 
I mean, you look at the moves that are going to be made this year, that's what's going to indicate how close we are. It's going to indicate the direction in which Chuck Fletcher believes this team is heading. Um, you know, if we go out and sign a guy like Panarin, that's a win now kind of move. Yep. Um, if we go out and sign a depth guy like Hextall's notoriously done for the past four years, that's a move where we're going to indicate that we're not that ready. Right. Um, so you're right. And I agree. I think it, it all hinges on what happens this off season. And I think that all indicators are pointing towards the flyers wanting to contend much sooner rather than later. Um, right. But just moves need to be made. I mean, sorry, yeah. Chuck, that we couldn't give you a, a more uh, direct answer, but it's just tough to see right now because right now we're expecting this team to have a crazy off season. So, yeah, it's it's turmoil. Let's put it that way. It's yeah. going to be an interesting off season, regardless, and we're going to figure out a lot about the direction of this team in the coming months. Um, but that really, I mean, that wraps up this yeah. episode here. Um, it was a blast having Liam on to talk about. Um, everything from hockey to pro wrestling <laughs> and his big announcement, uh, with PSN, obviously, um, John, tell me, my friend, where can we find you on Twitter? Find me at John P Gove. Um, typically talking flyers or prospects, especially now that the draft is going to get closer after the lottery pick, man, I'm going just full focus on draft. I can't wait. You know, I mean, of course I would love for us to get a one or two pick. Right. But, oh, for sure. But also, my content would be a lot more lax if I we get the one or two pick because I mean it, th- those are obvious. So if we could get like five or six, I could go for days. Yeah. So like that almost month makes me want to like root for them getting a five six pick instead of number <laughs> one or two. Like no, we don't need Jack Hughes. You know. I need the views. <laughs> damn it. <laughs> yeah, that's what we are. We're clickbait, really. You uh, know, when you think about it. Uh, yeah. But <laughs> um, but yes, John Gove. John Gove writes for PSN. I write for PSN occasionally. Um, usually hot-button topics that I know most of you are going to disagree with me about. Um, I love hearing your guys' opinions, usually when it consists of, this guy's trash. I love that stuff. Uh, so keep it coming, please. You can find me on Twitter at PuckBobPSN. <laughs> um, yeah, so one more announcement, right? So we set out a poll about who we're growing our beards for, and I know I kind of already mentioned it, but we're growing our beard for Nashville. Right now, the Beardathon website doesn't seem to exist. So I'm going to hope that we can get linked up with Nashville's charity. If not, Derek and I are going to do a little research and we're going to start a GoFundMe page to link up with it, some charity for you guys to donate. Uh, and we'll grow our beards for as long as Nashville's in the playoffs. And my wife is going to hate it. Oh, it's going to be bad. I think uh, what what I'm thinking here is uh, Nashville plays, I believe it is Wednesday night. So Wednesday night, right before the game, I say we both shave. Yep. We take our before pictures. Yep. And then once, if Nashville makes it all the way, we take the pictures in. If they're eliminated, we take them then. And then we'll see how ridiculous I look um, and how much of a lumberjack John looks yeah. like. <laughs> so, yeah, but we're going to discuss the charities. We're going to figure out what is best suited for uh, the Nashville Predators here because everybody's got to root for the Wayne train. I mean, come on. Yeah, it's boy. Wayne Simmons, baby. Um, but that caps it off for us here at the Pod Street Bullies. Find us on Twitter at Pod S T B U L L I E S. That is Bullies. Pod Street Bullies. Give us some follows. 
and retweet our stuff, like us. We're right, desperately seeking your approval. Yes, we need reviews. Honestly, I'll be I'll be frank here. Uh, not Derek. I'm Frank. We need some reviews. Um, no, no, no. Whether you like to, us. Now we need to leave. <laughs> yeah, we need to go. This is bad. This is Derek. I'm Derek signing off. I'm getting out of here. Leave, leave me alone. Goodbye. All right. Bye now.